We've all heard the saying that nothing ever really happens until we're able to share the news with someone else. Does the same go for sharing your gifts? My name is Don Culp. I'm a certified hypnotherapist, Reiki master teacher, meditation coach, and owner of the Zen Room in Gilroy, California. You can also find us online at www.thezenroom.net. And today we're going to be talking about the importance of sharing our gifts. Hi everyone, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Zen Room. So at the top of the podcast, I had mentioned the notion that nothing ever really happens until we are able to share the news with someone else. And I think Hallmark would agree that they are in business and doing so well for this very reason. So when a baby is born or um, a wedding is announced, right, either invitations are sent or, you know, news announcements are made. Um, If you just received a promotion or a raise, typically there's at least one person that you're going to share the good news with, right? So... For some reason, somehow, and I think we can all agree that sharing just makes everything more real. Sharing makes something more important or more exciting. The dinner table is a place that is made for sharing. Families gather around the table for a meal to hear about each other's day, maybe to ask questions or share ideas, right? And that's what good old-fashioned conversation's all about. So it was really interesting. Um, The idea of sharing became really, really clear to me in a recent meditation that I had. So anybody who's listened to any number of podcasts before know that there's all different types of meditation, all different experiences that can happen within meditation. And I had been meditating for long enough to know that my meditations typically are very visual And I will typically get a story or a lesson or a point out of my meditations. So very, very visual. A lot of times it comes in the form of images or it comes in the form of a video or like a movie to watch in my head, like a feature film that I'm watching in my head. And I literally have to watch the whole thing to see what the point is. It's no different than a movie. I have to literally watch the whole thing to see where it goes. Okay, so I was doing a meditation not too long ago, and my meditation gave me a bird's eye view. I was literally a fly on the ceiling, and the scene that I was watching was family and friends gathered around a huge banquet, huge feast, tons of food, lots of wine, great spirits. Right, and it very much had a Knights of the Round Table uh, table vibe to it. It felt like you know, great big turkey legs and wine and chalices, and you know, the big exorbitant costumes and big personalities, and it felt very much like I was watching a scene from Knights of the Round Table. But I very, very, very much got the idea that the theme of this whole thing was people were sharing. They were sharing bread, they were sharing conversations, they were sharing laughs, they were sharing their time, um, sharing support, but um, they were also sharing their gifts. And that became clear to me. And then all of a sudden, my point of view went from being a fly on the ceiling 
to the field of vision being narrowed between two men around the table. Okay, so I went from watching the whole table and everyone around it to all of a sudden zooming in to two men. One was a bearded man and one was a bald man. The bearded man was conversing with the bald man and was about to offer him a gift. So the bearded man had heard last year that there was a lot of money in cup making. And the bearded man was very interested in making a lot of money, but had no interest in cup making whatsoever. But he didn't care. He wanted to make the money that came with being a cup maker, so he did it anyway. So I'm literally now watching these two men having a conversation and listening to the dialogue. Okay. The bearded man did not share his disdain for making cups with the bald man. Okay. So he was keeping the fact that he did not like making cups a secret. Obviously he's trying to sell his product. He simply handed the bald man a cup that he had made in hopes that the that maybe the bald man would, re would receive this gift well and tell others that he knew of that there was a really good cup maker in town. So the bald man took the cup, held it in his hand, inspected it while trying to look appreciative. The cup was poorly designed, both in design and craftsmanship. The weight of the cup was off, making it very unbalanced, and there were holes in the bottom, making the cup very non-functional. Aside from all of that, it was not a very attractive cup. The bald man thanked the bearded man for the gift, but knew in his heart that he would not be boasting to his friends about the new cup maker that he had dinner with. And it was very interesting to watch the dynamics of this, of this intimate conversation between these two. In my meditation, like I said, it was like I was watching a movie. I could feel the, the desire for the cup maker to impress the gentleman that he gave the gift to. And I could also feel the gentleman who received the cup being less than impressed. Okay, so that was interesting. Then, in my meditation, my field of vision panned across the table to another set of men having a great conversation. So we left the first two men alone. The vision pans over to another set of two men. There was a long-haired man and a smiling man. Okay? The smiling man had a passion for making cups that took him all the way back to his childhood. When the smiling man was done with his chores when he was little, he could be found making cups for the pure joy of it. He enjoyed practicing new techniques in designing cups. He truly cared about the quality. When he wasn't making cups, he was talking about cups or talking about making cups and doing so with passion. The smiling man also had a gift for his dinner friend with long hair. The smiling man handed the long-haired man one of his beautifully designed cups as a gift, and the long-haired man had never seen such a beautifully made cup in his life. As the long-haired man inspected his cup, he knew he was holding a work of art 
that was designed with love and care. He also knew it would be the best cup he would ever own and couldn't wait to tell all of his friends about the new cup maker that he had dinner with. So my field of vision then once again pulled back now to be able to see the entire dinner party where both cup gift giving acts had just taken place. And it now became so clear to me by looking at the side-by-side -side comparison of the exact same act taking place simultaneously, what the lesson in this meditation was all about. If we love what we do for a living, we will produce a high quality product or service that will be so appreciated by all those who receive it. And the news will spread like wildfire. It will be the ultimate win-win situation where the producer enjoys making it and the receiver enjoys having it. If we don't love what we do for a living, we will produce a substandard or poor quality product or service that will not be appreciated and most likely never spoken about. So the end of the meditation then panned high above the banquet feast where the underlying message became clear as day. And it's a message that we've all heard before. Find the thing that puts a smile on your face and a fire in your belly. Find your cup, find your gift and share it with the world. And the world will be better for it. So then, of course, you know, meditation is over and I came out of that meditation and I jotted down all of my notes because I found it to be such a fascinating thing to learn or to realize or to recognize. My husband was doing cabinets for many, 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 many years and it was something that he knew. He learned the trade inside and out. It made him very good money. Oh, I should say it made him, it made him a decent living, right? So I shouldn't say very good money. It made him a decent living. Um, but he never really loved it. He loved parts about it. There were artistic expressions about it that he really, really enjoyed finishing cabinets, making them look a certain way with different artistic, you know, paints or, um, glazes and ways of making it look, a, you know, a certain way. But what was interesting was, he never really had a passion for it. He did it because it was the path of least resistance. Um, it was some, it was a trade that he picked up and he just kind of went with it and let it carry him, but he never really totally loved it. Then when he decided it was time for a shift, a big, big, scary shift. I think it was when he was 40, he decided it's time to do something new. And he always had an appreciation and a love for dogs. So much so that when he was a kid, he thought he might want to grow up and be a veterinarian. Um, so that was always sort of in there, that, that thing that uh, just feels right to you. His upbringing always had a dog. And so for him to say, look, I am doing this thing and I'm making a living doing this thing. And it's fine, but it's not really my true calling. It's not really like me sharing my gift. When he finally made the bold move to move out of the job that he had done 
and that had served him pretty decently for a long enough time and move into an area where he was really, really going to be able to share the gift that he had inside of him with the world. Everything changed. Not only does he love what he does for a living, he gets out of bed and he gets excited that he gets to work with dogs and help people understand dogs in a different way and do what he does for a living. Um, he is literally out there sharing his gifts with people who need his gifts. Talk about a win-win situation. So he could have denied the calling, which was stop doing wood finishing, stop doing cabinets and start doing, you know, working with dog and animal behavior and all that. He could have denied that call. He could have not answered that phone call. And today he would not be sharing his true gifts. And that would be not only a shame for him, it would be a shame for everyone who needs his services out there in the world. So because he did what was supposed to be done, which was make the hard and courageous decision to leave something that he knew could make him money and dive into something that he just knew he needed to do without any proof of concept, right? Just make the bold move. When he made the move and he's doing what he loves for a living now, there's win-win situations every day. Every workday, there's a win-win situation. He gets to love what he does and the people get to benefit from his gift. And I would say the same, the same thing happened for me, right? I, I left the comforts of a very cushy, beautiful job to make a bold leap into um, a territory that I wasn't sure what was going to happen, but I knew I had to make the leap. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And here I am. And I get to do this now for a living. And I'm sharing my gifts with the world. And the right people are finding me. And it's, again, a beautiful win-win situation. So my request to you would be, what is your gift? Who is the cup maker inside of you? And what does that person want to do with their life? Are you a dancer? Are you a musician? Are you... Um, Somebody, are you a scientist at heart but decided never to pursue that? Are you a lawyer at heart and decided never to pursue that? Are you some, a humanitarian who, who is looking to share your gifts um, in volunteering, through volunteering? Whatever it is, what I would say is, first of all, meditation is going to help you to get really clear about what your gifts are, who you are, what your purpose is. And then my request would be, once you start to learn what that is, who you are, what your gift is inside, that the world can't wait for you to start producing or servicing or doing, um, start moving in those directions. It is important for us to share our gifts. There are people that want to buy the beautiful cups that you make. They just are. We want to support and appreciate well-crafted, well-designed, well-intended, uh, beautifully serviced things. We do. We want that. So just like dinner time, gathering around the dinner table for, hey, honey, how was your day? Tell me something interesting about your day. Those moments where we share our lives and our experiences, I, I just want to reiterate, it is just as important for us to share our gifts, even if it's part-time. Even if it's one day a week, even if it's one hour a week, it is important for us to share our gifts. Okay? 
So I would like to thank everyone for listening to this podcast and maybe it's a shorter podcast. It's a pretty simple idea, but my request would be, what's your gift? And once you know what that gift is, are you sharing it? I sure hope so. And if you're not, maybe make some arrangements or changes in your schedule or plans so that you can start sharing your gifts a little bit more readily because there is a world out there waiting for you to share your gift. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this mini podcast. And I look forward to future podcasts uh, in the future. So for now, though, have a great rest of your day and we'll be talking to you soon. Take care now.